Welcome back to another episode of Baker's Dozen. Today we have a youth worker from Gisborne, Andy Gaddy. If you want to follow Andy, his Instagram is Gaddy511. So it's G-A-T-I-511. How are you going today, Andy? I'm going very well, Dan. How's every- and everything's going well on your end? Yeah, mate. Yeah, mate. Can't complain. Kicking goals here like always. Give us a bit of a background about you, about your schooling. Well, we both went to the same school. That's that's a start. <laughs> we both went to Sacred Heart together. Yeah, we did. yeah. Well, for me, it was school unfortunately wasn't for me. Um, I didn't do that well in terms of my ADAR. Um, I had a lot of other circumstances within my family as well, and uh, as well as other personal issues. But look, at the end of the day, I, I completed my BCE. I got through that, and I studied a bachelor of youth work with you both at Vic Uni, and I just finished my degree uh, late last year in October, and I've just landed my first job as a disability support worker with our Aruma in Melton South, which is only about 20 minutes from where I live. So, and I'm very grateful for it. And it's all gone very well so far. Um, I've only been there a month, but, you know, touch wood. Um, yeah, it'd be permanent eventually, but I'm still working at the fishing Gisborne with Ibby as well. Yeah, lovely, mate. You're a bit of a silly man following my footsteps, mate, and going to the same high school and the same uni and the same course. A smarter man probably would have done something a bit different to me. But yeah, run us through that, mate. It's a great effort there finishing high school, even though you, you battled away. And um, how was your time at uni at VU? I struggled at first, specifically with my results. I probably didn't know what I was doing in hindsight in terms of referencing and in terms of structuring essays and all that. But look, I figured it out eventually. And I and yeah, I got through it and I was, I was very proud of myself, you know, to eventually get the degree and to, you know, have, have, have opportunities to be able to work in the sector that I wanted to work in, which is youth work. Because originally when I finished high school, I wanted to be a teacher. I didn't get a score for it, but I got offered youth work straight away. And I'm very glad I got it. It's still working with young people, but just helping them in different areas, such as local government, uh, residential care, disability, drug and alcohol, justice. It's, um, you can do so many things with it, which, you know, is amazing. And for me, I'm very grateful in terms of not just my education experience with high school um, and in terms of my degree in youth work at Vic Uni, but I've been very lucky to be overseas as well. Um, I've, I worked in England for a year at a preparatory school and I worked in Italy and Spain um, as an au pair. Jeez, mate, you're, you're saving me a job because um, that was a question. Years. You're saving me a job, Annie. That was a question for later on about your travels. So let's just let's just take a step yeah. back to your uni. You actually had a bit of a um, you had a bit of a battle with the head, one of the head professors there, mate, about a mark, and you really advocated for yourself, which is something they do teach in youth work. So give us a little bit of background into that. So I did a subject called research um, in young people originally, um, mm-hmm. and I had I had the head of youth work as my teacher, and I I honestly found it very difficult in terms of understanding it from um the subjects and her and the way she taught i just couldn't get it for whatever reason um that's fair enough that yeah it happens um i failed the first assessment and she just told me look i think it's best for you andrew to get the diploma get a job and just come back and finish the rest and i disagreed with her because i said to her look i just got out of a bad living situation at home i am receiving selling benefits i think this is a genuine opportunity for me to be able to finish the degree properly because I have some living stability. I have my, I'm seeing a counselor, I'm getting my health back on track. Yep. And I think it's not a fair reflection on my ability to be able to complete the degree. And 
you know, eight, 18 months later, I did the same subject and I've got, I've got my transcripts behind me and that particular subject, I got 86 for overall. And, you know, that just shows that because of the fact that I got a better living situation, I got my health under control and, you know, I all of a sudden believed in myself. And to me, it was so important for me to have that and to not just be swayed and not just be influenced by someone else's opinion and to just follow what you want to do. Yeah, what, what a great life lesson, mate. You stuck up for yourself and any, any young person that has you as a youth worker, mate, if you've advocated that well for yourself, you know, you're going to be a real, a real asset to them, aren't you? Well, yeah. Well, I think, as it, I think with youth work, you have to see people's different perspectives and I think that's such an important thing. And eventually, I think my head professor, you know, I actually sent her an email and I said, look, you know, all this has happened. I'm, I'm doing better at uni. I've got my health. I've got all these hobbies that... Are keeping me happy i'm independent and all of that was from me making all those positive changes and to me i think that was what really made me start believing in myself that um, i could complete the degree and i could do well in what i wanted to do which was youth work no good on you mate that's an absolute credit to you so going back mate what was it like growing up with a disability and how did you how did you navigate through that i don't know i guess for me I, well, I guess for the view, for the people who are listening, me, I've got a social and learning disability. I may as well quickly explain why. So for me, I've, I was born three months premature and I had a lot of different problems. So for instance, I, it takes me longer to be able to process information and it takes me longer to understand in terms of learning. And for me, I find social situations more difficult as well because it takes me a lot longer to be able to read people. And I've, and I'm also, I've also got no vision in my left eye as well. Um, but anyway, look, it doesn't really bother me. At the end of the day, I just try and focus on what really matters to me. So for me, it's having a very good support network. It's having good health and good routine. And, you know, just being grateful that every day I have an opportunity to, you know, li- live the best life that I can. I try to keep things as simple as possible. And Matt, you definitely do that before you're traveling. And I think you're a great role model for all those people growing up with a learning difficulty. You've now got a bachelor's degree behind you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like you were saying, for me, I am very proud of myself. And, you know, young people with disabilities, they can do all this sort of stuff. They can travel, they can get, they can get a degree and they can look after themselves. They're just people like us with emotions, with feelings and with goals and aspirations. Yeah, absolutely, mate. The only thing you probably haven't smartened up on you're still a Carlton supporter. You might get there one day, mate. Oh, oh maybe. Although on the weekend, the dogs didn't do that well. So <laughs> who knows? Oh, mate, I've seen one premiership in my lifetime. I'm happy. So Andy, run us through your travels. You've done quite a bit of work as an, as an au pair overseas. Yeah. So I've, um, I guess before that, um, I also, I've, I've done au pairing, but before that, I actually worked as a student support officer in England for one year as well. So for me, I did that through Latitude Global Volunteering. And for me, what made me want to do that was because I wanted a gap year from school. I didn't just want to go straight to university. And for me, when I was in high school, I knew at that point I wanted to work with young people. So um, my mom and my dad, they were kind enough to give me that opportunity as an 18th birthday present to let me travel for one year um, overseas. So, And for me, I was in Bury St. Edmunds at Morton Hall Preparatory School with young people from five years old to 13 years old. And for me, it was such a life-changing experience because I got to meet people from different backgrounds, like the three GAP students that I worked with, uh, two of them were from New Zealand, one was from South Africa. And I had kids from England, uh, Spain, Japan, and Thailand. So it really opens up the different, you know, learning from other people from different co- 
cultures and backgrounds and I got to travel as well a little bit around England and I, I even got to go to France as well helping people with disabilities as well during my summer holidays so I, I loved it over there it sounds like an, ama- an amazing you mate what, what part of France were you in I was in Bordeaux I was in Bordeaux I was around, I was around there and yeah but it was also you know I loved it but at the same time it was such a challenge for me because when I got back I missed everyone yep. because I was there for a whole year and you know I broke down because like broke down mentally because all of a sudden I just start all over again and it's been a year since I'd seen all my friends and family from Australia and that was such a hard year for me you know as you said I I oped and what made me think of it was I was trying I remember one day I was just thinking of ways oh look how can I go back overseas again and I'm I saw I saw this thing called au pair and I thought, oh, what's this? And then I just saw it as a way to be able to go to another country and to teach young people English. And I've had three different families. So the first family I was with, they had two boys that were 11 and 13 in Milan. And it wasn't really working out because even though I, I had things in common with the kids, like they love basketball and they love music, they just didn't want an au pair there, mm-hmm. which is really important. So... And the mum of the house, she wanted me, she, she could see it wasn't working out and she wanted me to start teaching English, but she was already good at English. She could speak it really well. And she wanted me to make professional lessons as well as do the dishes and do the, do all the laundry and all that. And I said to her, well, look, I'm only getting 80 Australian dollars a week. It's a, I think that's a bit unreasonable for me to do all that for that money. And she it said, to be well, about $2 an hour, doesn't it? 80 bucks a week, not great. <sighs> Pretty much. Well, her argument was, oh, well, we've paid for you to go learn Italian in the city. And I said to her, okay, well, look, you can either drop it to 60 Australian dollars a week. We do conversational English or I'll just leave. And she would, she said she'd think about it, but unfortunately I had a really bad injury when I was there and I had to go to hospital and eventually I had to have surgery in Milan and I had surgery again in Australia as well. Yeah. And you're, you're still in contact with a young, young Italian last, aren't you there, Andy? Yeah, I am. So I may as well quickly explain the rest of this for me so i had a very bad eye injury it was my right eye so that's the that's the eye i can see out of so that was saying look we don't know if we're going to be able to save it unfortunately andrew so i was really scared that i was not going to be able to see her again but as you said i met another family and another young girl and she's about she's about four years younger than me i still messaged her and i messaged her family every day because i would help her younger brother out with english because I met them when I played music with her in an orchestra. I mean, I remember I was outside the hotel with her and my mom and her dad, and I was in her arms. And I said to her, Fran, I promise you I'm going to come back when I get my vision back. Does that sound and, romantic? I mean, I couldn't see her. That's a scene yeah, of the movie, it was. Right <laughs> yeah. I, I, well, she's got a boyfriend, but I mean... <laughs> that just look, makes it more of a movie, promise, mate. Oh, it makes it more of a movie, yeah. But look, for me... I. <laughs> I, I promised her and uh-huh. I came back the next year during summer. So, and I still message them most days. And they're the reason, to be honest, this family's the reason why I learn Italian now because I learned that in the city one night a week. It was such a bad experience for me in terms of the injury, but I made such lifelong friends there. Not just that family, but like I said, I've been oped three times. I went with the Spanish family the second time. That didn't really work out, unfortunately, because it was in their summer. So the kids were home all day and the parents were at work. So that made it a bit hard and a bit of a challenge to be able to you know, keep the kids entertained. This wasn't really working out. But look, uh, the third one, I went over there last year just after I finished my university degree. So they're in Reggio Emilia in Ar- in Arcetto. And that's not too far from Milan. And I still message them every day as well. And they've got three, they've got two kids, um, Paolo and Lorenzo. They're 12 and seven now. And I would always speak to them in Italian because I could speak a bit of Italian by then and they'd speak to me in English. So that way it was fair. And this family, they just treated me like I was another part of, 
member of their family. And that's exactly what I wanted. Um, and I was just so happy that even though I did, I had two bad experiences, first two times at au pair, the third time I had a brilliant experience and I was so happy that, you know, I persevered just like with the bachelor youth work. Yeah, mate, it's a bit, of a, the degree. a bit of a common theme with you, mate. Cause a majority of people have had two bad experiences. They would have said, this is all too hard. I'll just stay in my comfort zone. But good on you for persevering and going a third time, mate. Now you've got these friendships for life. Well, yeah. Um, and even, you know, me going forward, I guess this is another part of my life. I've shared house a couple of times as well. Um, I was kind of, I did- um, I was, that was one of my topics, mate. Running people through yeah. um, tips living in a few tricky share houses. Oh, well, I lived in one good one and one not so good one. So the first one I lived in was public government housing and it was great. The rent was pretty cheap and the housemates were nice and it was regular. I mean, the landlord lived with us. What about getting site, charged $20 but... to use the oven, mate? That's a bit stiff, isn't it? Oh, that, that's a joke. I couldn't believe that. <laughs> what are we supposed to cook? You can get a pizza for 20 You can get four pizzas from Domino's for that price, mate, and then turn it on the oven. That's a joke. <laughs> well, that's it. Uh, yeah, and even you could use the washing once a week for free and any extra washing you want to do it's five dollars extra you single bloke mate one load's enough in it yeah oh but well one one load of clothes is enough but then you got to do the bed sheets and you got to do all the towels yeah i suppose you're pretty hygienic for a single bloke in the 20s mate i'm not sure many single blokes are washing their, their towels or their sheets every week um <laughs> run us through the run us through a bit of a bad one mate yeah how did what happened there um so i was there for 15 months so what ended up happening was um, to give you a bit of a timeline, the first house I was living at, good one. What happened was they were going to do renovations, but at that point, that's when I was going overseas to be with the Spanish family. At that point, and is that because they I made back, so much money? Mo- they made so much money for people using the oven, mate. They could afford to do some renos. Oh, they, they have to, he. He, they must have been making money off of us, the landlord. He, he was charging everyone a fortune. Although the room, I, I loved my room because it was a twenty square meter room. I had a forty-two inch TV. I had a bar fridge. I had a queen, queen size bed, and I had foxtel, so I really couldn't complain for living like a living like a king, mate. Yeah, including the bills, I I just had to pay one single monthly rent of seven twenty. I, I loved it, but look, they were renovating, so everyone had to leave. But it was around the time I was going overseas anyway. Um, and then I, when I got back from overseas, I went and lived with a friend of a friend, a family friend of mine in Woodend, because for me, I wasn't comfortable going back. Um, living home because for me it just wasn't it just wasn't right for me at that point so I lived there for probably a month and a half or two months and then I found the second place so what so to give you a rundown of the two people I lived with so one person he worked at he worked at the airport doing some labor work or something um, he was mm-hmm. casual at that point so he was the head tenant and he was the he was the guy that I met so what I so what it was is I was paying 170 a week including the bills and then and another person, she moved in around the same time. Um, so we were both paying the same. And I was very oblivious to all, I was very oblivious to all the bad things about this house. So what ended up happening was, and I should have, I should have been asking more questions in hindsight. Um, but what happened was this guy, he just paid 30 or $40 a week of rent and he just paid the bills. Whereas me and the other chick, we just paid 90% of the rent. Yeah, so you're getting stitched up there, mate. Last time I checked, all your bills are 130 a week. So yeah, well, I asked I asked the guy, look, how much are the bills every three months? And he said, oh, for water, gas, electricity, and internet, it's about twelve, thirteen hundred a month. And in my head, I was thinking, I don't believe you. You haven't shown me any of the bills. 
Yeah, we were B, it was B coming out of the taps, man, of those prices, like. Oh, yeah. He, 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 oh, the lights were always switched. He would always leave lights on, and there was a dryer in the garage that he would just use constantly, so that would, that would obviously chuck energy up as well. Yeah, okay, but you, yeah. Okay, yeah. so a good one and a bad one, mate. I think no. that's pretty... Pretty common with people in share houses having a bit of a, a varied experience. Now, run, you, you're a man of many talents, mate. Run us through some of the, the hobbies you, you've got going at the moment. So for me, I try, this is part of one of the things that uh, I, try to, I try to do to make me happy. So for me, I have a couple of different hobbies. So that way, I'm not just relying on one thing. So for me, I play music in an orchestra uh, Tuesday nights at Salesian College uh, with a naturally cool big band. So I found out about this because a friend of mine who I went to high school with. She mentions it to me one day when I was speaking to her. And I said to her, look, I'm very interested. So she mentioned one of my other friends who went to high school with. She was the band leader. And I said, hey, look, I'm very interested. And yeah, I've done it for a whole year and a bit so far. And I I really enjoyed doing it because um, it keeps me active. So I play drums with one of my music teachers as well from that we both, you remember Mr. Carrick? Yep. Yeah, so he, he plays in it as, as well as a couple other people that I remember from high school. So I do that Tuesday nights. Um, I, I also umpire football on the weekends. So I do senior, I do boundary for seniors and I do field for juniors. So it's a way for me to keep active and get a bit of extra money. And yeah, lovely. There's been an increase in um, female spectators, hasn't there, since you've started umpiring in the short shorts. Is that right? Oh, I don't know about that. I think you're just trying to make me, I think you're just trying to give me some good compliments. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know, it's, it's a good hobby, you know, I have to make decisions. So yeah, a bit of cash in hand as not, well, not which is on, nice. Yeah. Not just on, not just on the footy field. ATO doesn't come knocking, which is always beautiful. No, the ATO doesn't come knocking. That's the great thing about it. It's a hobby job. It's classes a tax exemption and the income's not accessible. And yeah, lovely. And I also, like I said before, if, if you miss it, I do learn Italian. Um, I was learning it one night a week, but they're doing online classes at the moment. So I'll just wait until eventually we're going to do face-to-face lessons. And then, yeah, I'll do that again because I'd love to learn it again because, yeah. you know, I'm, I've got two Italian families that I really like. I, I may as well take their language seriously. Yeah, good on you. That's, that's a big commitment for you too. That's about an hour and a half round trip, isn't it, to go up to the city from where you live to do the lessons. Is that right? Yeah, it would be. So I'd have to get off at Southern Cross or go to Flinders Street and then get a tram. So it would it would take about an hour and a half. But yep. for me, if I can get one during the day, so that way I can work around the two jobs that I have, then that would be good. But, you know, I'm not at that point yet. I'll just wait until we can eventually do in-class lessons again. No, that makes sense. And, um, yeah, you talked about, you've obviously worked at one of the... Um the famous establishments down in Gisborne, Big Ibby's Fish and Chip Shop. So run us through that, mate. There's a few characters there. You've got Big Ibs, who's a great bloke and, uh, and smooth. Run us through a few of the characters at the local fish and chip shop. Yeah, so we do have a couple of characters. Um, Ibby, he's just an absolute ex- He's an extrovert. He's got very particular way of living and his particular views. And I really respect it because for me, I love hearing um, his view and his way of life. Josh Smith, he's an absolute character. Uh, he, he just absolutely likes it. He lights the fish shop up. Like he, we're either laughing with him or we're laughing at him just as jokes. No, but I, I, I love working there because for me, I've been there seven years just to get me through high school and get me through university. But every single time, Ibi's always giving me my job back. And we're just, we're very close together. And that's what you want within a fish, within a fish shop and any sort of employment. Yeah. 
Absolutely. So what, what are some of his views? You said he's very, got very set views of the world. What, what are some of those? Oh, like for, in, like for instance, I asked him, Ibby, because now that i got a job, I said to him, hey, Ibby, look, is it worth me even getting health insurance? And he said, Andy, it's an absolute scam. Don't even bother with it. They just want your money. <laughs> okay. Mate, run, run the listeners. We have a few, a few epic Monopoly nights, mate. That's another one of your, um, your hobbies. Um, how did Monopoly become such a big part of, part of you and your, your brother and your, your dad's family? I'm actually not so sure. I mean, I know you, with all of us, uh, like particularly with you when we have it, there's always negotiations going on. We, <laughs> we always call you the negotiator. Your dad always tries to stitch you up, doesn't he, Andy, and sell you these deals? Oh, he, he loves to influence me. He's like, oh, Andy, if you do this, <laughs> oh, he, he, he's trying to make it look like I'm getting the good deal. But actually, no, it's not the case. He's just, you got to see the big picture. Yeah, and there's a new player in town. Your brother's got a new partner and he, um, he's brought her along. Shout out to Nadine to the, um, it was a very, I suppose, a male thing to do. And he, he's brought her along and she is probably the most fierce competitor with, with, with your dad, Vic, isn't she? She gets right involved. Oh, no, she absolutely does. She stud- she stud- she's just finished her master's in law. So, of course, she's going to lay down the law and get very competitive. <laughs> and um, there was also another little funny antidote as well that um, you might have picked up somebody else's solo can behind a hockey goal one night. Oh, of course. Your dad, Gavin, <laughs> always keeps mentioning that to me. Oh, to get the listeners in on this, a little rundown on this story, um, Andy, we were playing junior hockey one night and one of Andy's brother's mates um, bought himself a solo can after training, well earned as well, he put in that training session and he left it behind the goals. And poor Andy was, oh, how old are you at the time? Probably 11 years old. And he thought, oh, how good is this? Someone's left a can. Yeah, something like that. Get the solo behind the goals and then, and then you've cracked it open and that's what we just laughed the whole way home on a 25-minute drive. About this can of solo, Andy's thought he stumbled onto this can of solo just left behind the goals, and Paul Liam just probably run about ten k's and just lost his solo can. I don't know if anyone else would find, really. that amus- find that amusing, Andy, but that was um, that was all time back in the day. And um, actually, your dad, when your dad found out you're on this podcast, he wanted me to bring up the Veggie Shack. We actually we actually mentioned that the other night. Dad and I were mentioning about that. We we're thinking, oh, I'm pretty sure it's Hamilton. That's when. You mentioned it at one point. Is that right? Yeah. So another story, when we used to do these long camping trips on the road, like, you know, being a young, a young bloke, you'd always want an excuse to have Maccas or Hungry Jacks on the way up. And um, I think I think it was your dad or someone stitched you up and said, no, we're going to go to the veggie, veggie shack and, <laughs> and support local businesses instead of stopping for a Macca's lunch. And I think at one point we even got you to ask a local where the nearest veggie shack was. Yeah. I remember but, you um, saying, oh, there's, there's beetroot milkshake or what was it? <laughs> Yeah, we really embellished on that that one, mate. But one of my favourite lines from you as a young guy was, "Oh, we should go to Red Rooster. There, um, we should support Red Rooster because they're a failing business." That was one of your lines <laughs> to try to get takeaway. <laughs> Not sure if you're quite across their profit profit and loss statements, mate. But um, it was a persuasive argument anyway, and you call me the negotiator. Well, I remember Nick tagging us one one time on Facebook where there was an article where Red Rooster was going to go out of business. <laughs> yeah. So I think I was on the money with that. Yeah. Clairvoyant, mate. You're a few steps ahead. Andy, you've been really generous with your time tonight. We're just going to finish off with Baker's Dozen. We're just going to ask you 13 rapid-fire questions. Fish and chips or souvlaki? Souvlaki. The orange set in Monopoly or the yellow set? Orange set. Italian females or Australian females? Oh, definitely Italian. <laughs> you said that definitely, eh? That's, there's probably a story behind that, but we'll save that for Mi another piace, day. Mi piace Italiani. <laughs> What's I like Italians. <laughs> <laughs> That means that's, I like Italians in Italian. That, that's why you keep going back there, mate. Youth work or umpiring? Umpiring. Nirvana or Oasis? Oasis. Gisborne or Sunbury? Gisborne. 
Folder or scruncher? Folder. Night owl or morning person? Night owl. Jeans or tracky pants? Jeans. Spring or autumn? Spring. Chocolate or caramel? Chocolate. TV or radio? TV. Text or talking? Talking. Awesome. Thanks so much for that, Andy. And if anyone wants to follow Andy's story and how he progresses, um, check him out on Instagram. It's Gaddy511. So that's G-A-T-I-511. Thanks so much for your time, Andy. Thank you, Dan. Very much appreciate it.